0: Welcome to the new American Weekly. I'm Kate Daly. This show is not like any other talk show. This weekly wrap-up cuts right through to the truth about our world, our country, and the propaganda. It's not about the right or the left. It's about the truth. We need to question everything. Let's do this. Hi there. Welcome. Hey, Dali, New American Weekly. How are you? Get over to the newamerican.com You'll find actual reporting, <laughs> actual news reporting. It's like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Um, I love it. I've been going there for a long time, and, and uh, they have accurate stories with facts. It's amazing. <laughs> Welcome, and of course, so much to talk about this week, to wrap up this week. You want to know the key stories? Well, I've got them. Um, in fact, the Colorado ballot, right? This was a key story this week. And I just wanted to, uh, I had, well, I had a great conversation with Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney and, um, and of course, speaker all over the country. She also appears on court TV and she's one of the only ones I trust in that arena, by the way. And I've been, uh, she's been actually, I've been talking with her for probably almost close to a decade now and she's pretty amazing. So she was talking about how, how Colorado did this. And it was a really dumb move by Colorado because the four judges that went all in, Monica Marquis, Melissa Hart, William Hood, the third, and Richard Gabriel, um, you'd, you would have to turn them back into, like she said, remedial learning in order to understand what they just did. When they were citing this um Constitutional, which makes me laugh. This constitutional provision for for Section three um, of the of the Fourteenth Amendment. The Fourteenth Amendment says no person shall hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, who have previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in an insurrection or rebellion. The issue is is that if in in a nutshell, if you want the nutshell option here is that you have to be convicted of such in order to um, in order to carry this out of this amendment. She said, you know, the Constitution is full of uh, qualifiers, things that you positively have to show in order to qualify to be President of the United States, okay? And that is your age over the age of 35. For California, it's not 40. <laughs> they came out and said the age of 40. I don't think they've ever read the Constitution in California, but... Um, but in any case, you have to prove positively that you've been a resident for 14 years, you know, that um, that you've lived here and that you were born here, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's all these different, different things you have to prove that are qualifications. This would be a disqualification, but they actually have to prove the disqualification, and that is engaging in an insurrection or rebellion. Now, you and me and everyone else with a brain uh, in America with an actual brain cell, Knows that an insurrection never took place. That's a pretty big word for what took place. Unless insurrections have tour guides and people waving them into the Capitol. I'm not quite sure you could say this was an insurrection. There's lots of pictures of the guards standing there on the other side of the rope watching everybody walk through on the red carpet. So I'm not quite sure you could say that's an insurrection. Um, 140 officers were not hurt. They've never showed pictures of that because it doesn't exist. And because, um, the whole thing was pretty much conjured up by a lot of, uh, uh, I would say FBI in, um, in, in, in clothing to look like, and we know this because it came out in different States, even my own, that people were involved, um, that they were like paid workers to be there, um, to, Um, to cause a stir, um, to do those things, wearing MAGA hats that didn't belong to them, okay, because they were true lefties, but they were kind of paid to be there. So insurrection is kind of a big word. But the real point of this is, is that the Colorado uh, Supreme Court, state Supreme Court did this based on merely an accusation that Trump was engaged in an insurrection. Now, there is no proof of this. They have never brought this to court. They don't bring it to court in Colorado. So it would never go to court in Colorado. And so it's absolutely ridiculous and insidious and really kind of stupid for them to do this. Because once it goes up to the Supreme Court, we all know that the Supreme Court, Chris Ann had a lot of confidence, the Supreme Court would say uh, he wasn't convicted. <laughs> There's no conviction here. The only way that you can accuse somebody of that is if they've actually been Convicted, tried and convicted, unless all of a sudden in America, we don't have a judicial system. So that was the big story. And of course, I look at it in in a different way. And this is where it gets kind of interesting, because I look at it with eyes like everybody wants to be a sports announcer in this two-team approach, okay, the lefties and the righties, and everybody's down on the field giving us their best impersonate, you know, I I would say translation of the events taking place, you know, now this side's going to do this, now this side's going to do that, and we get into the actual match going on in front of our eyes, okay, and everybody's into, well, if they do this, this is what happens, and play-by-play, and what does it do? what does why did the supreme court do this knowing that they were going to be found out as complete and utter fools that should never be never be deciding on any case because they can't even go to the remedial reading of the constitution right um which clearly spells out you have to be convicted of such things you can't just do it merely on accusation or we're entering a very de- a very uh, horrible um um you know we're setting this precedent that's just horrifying in america so everything would be built off of accusation not trial so why would they do it i think honestly if you're going to ask me off the air i would say you know i think they um i think they're trying to provide legitimacy to the office of presidency okay what i mean is they want everybody to get engaged in the sports match between two sides they want everybody fighting they want you to think that the supreme court would have to take this drastic measure to go this far to keep him off the ballot for the March 5th primary in Colorado because it means so much, because the president can do so much, because this is all about whoever's in the White House either destroys us or saves us, okay? So what are they doing? They're, they're codifying a, an approach by us by saying that this is legitimate. We're going to go this far. We're going to try everything we can because we're so desperate. And whoever sits in that office controls the fate of the country. Now, I think it's the people behind the curtain. If we're looking at the grand world of Oz, it's the guy behind the curtain that's running things. But uh, but when I look at this, I say, you know what? Leave the sporting match. Leave the whole entire arena and try to look at this as a manipulation game that we are being thrust into. Look at this as if this is something that is very, um, how do I say, Um, that this, so let me ask this question. Why is Trump running for office knowing that the game is fixed? We all know the game is fixed. And we all know that nothing's been done in this country. Things have gone to court. Things have happened. Things have been found out. In my own state, we had an 80-page report on voter fraud, okay? Okay. But knowing that you got tossed out of the White House and knowing that they installed a president and knowing that there's voter fraud in, in all the swing states, there were court cases that ended up saying, yes, there is fraud. OK, so why would you take your money? Because you're a very smart businessman. Why would you do this again to yourself? Why? So one gentleman brought up the fact, well, maybe he has a plan to go after the voter fraud. Okay, because if bad people can put voter fraud in and have it connected to the internet via Albert's sensors on each of the software and on each of the machines and they won't get rid of the machines. So if that's the case, then maybe there's good guys trying to thwart that, trying to, trying to get rid of that. Could be. But that's the only answer <laughs> that we can find to that side of the equation. Why would he run for office knowing it's fixed? Unless the drama unfolds With both parties keeping us distracted and keeping us eyes glued to the situation so that we don't see the looting of the country taking place by the powers that be. So we don't notice all the heinous things going on like the NACs, the natural asset companies, where we're selling off after January. It's happening at Christmas for a reason because everybody's busy. But after January, selling our public lands in natural asset companies, putting an asset value on them, and foreign countries can now come in and own our, our land in America. They manage our land in America. Yeah. It's the biggest land grab in our, in our country's history is happening in January, and not one person in the media is talking about it. Okay? They don't want people noticing these things. So what do they do? They create a lot of hullaboo around the office of the presidency, and they don't want you to fight locally. They want your, your eyes glued to the office of the presidency for a reason. Be right back. I'm Kate Daly with the New American Weekly.
1: Have you ever heard someone say, the system's broken? Sure you have. Well, it's not true. America's founders created a brilliant governing system, that prevents us from having kings, queens, dictators, and even czars. We, the people, can replace every elected official in a span of six years if we so choose. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The reason we have a ballooning, reckless, and corrupt government is because elected officials aren't following the Constitution. The John Birch Society is principled, coordinated, effective activism. We believe the Constitution is the solution. Join JBS and change America. Visit JBS.org or call 1-800-JBS-USA1 to get involved. That's JBS.org.
0: Welcome back, Kate Daly, for the New American Weekly at thenewamerican.com. I sure hope that you are uh, going there for your news because at least it's unbiased and fantastic reporting, which I love. And also uh, make sure and text 989898 to Birch Gold. Um, they are uh, giving away free silver eagles when you do this. I had a I had a listener reach out and, and got their IRAs backed with gold and it didn't cost them anything. And then they also got and ordered uh, gold and it came and it was perfect. They said the transaction was perfect. They're definitely red pilled. They understand what's going on in this country with digital currency coming in. If you back up your computer, why aren't you backing up your money and your assets that you've worked so hard for? Don't just let them dangle out there. We have digital currency coming in, a lot more articles today about it, and we know it's coming. Please do everything you can to secure yourself. And this is free information when you text 989898 and text my name, Kate. I truly care about you, and I care about your ability to safeguard yourself. It's so huge and important right now. So I was talking... For just a moment about NACs, the the two biggest stories actually that no one's talking about are the is the massive land grab going on, and then also the effects of um, the uh, vaccines, the shots, and what's going on with turbo cancer. These are two things you can't ignore. They're huge, and what's interesting is as I, I interviewed my state treasurer. And um, he was out there talking about this on multiple shows. And he was telling people, look, these NACs, these natural asset companies, this is a really big deal. So this is where this proposal is where the SEC has proposed to allow for the creation of a new type of company designed to lock up private and public lands. When I say lock up, designed to lock up, it's locked up in the management of them. China can come in and own our public lands, our monuments our bodies of water, the air that we breathe on top of that land and also what's underneath the land, the minerals, everything. Okay. Then they can do so in the name of climate change. Okay. Which that's like trying to say that everything you do is going to change whether the sun comes up at six o'clock or, or six 15 tomorrow. Seriously, it's, it's not doable, but we have all of this going on right now. And at the, um, And at the COP28 meeting, uh, global meeting, these countries got together and vowed that they were going to do everything now all in for climate change, zero emissions. Okay, this is part of that plan. That was almost like a let's go, you know, phrase in the press um, to let's go with this NAC. So I know after talking to my state treasurer that letters were received by congressmen and senators in my own state back November the 2nd. Not one of them, and they say they're conservative, but not one of them has rang any alarm bell on this whatsoever from November the 2nd on, that our land will be up for grand, or up for grabs, and they're going to manage, they're going to use their capital, so it's to the highest bidder, because it's a combination of Wall Street, okay? They're going to manage farmland, national and state parks, and other mineral-rich areas, and they're going to stop essential economic activities like farming. Remember how we eat food? Okay. Farming, grazing, energy extraction. This is the biggest land grab in our country's history. And what they're doing is they're saying, well, this will appease people if we say that um, we are going to, um, you know, about with the use of uh, farm machinery and synthetic fertilizers, they're going to be prohibited on these new natural asset Um, companies, these new valued, with a value on it, pieces of land that these countries can come in and buy or BlackRock can buy. BlackRock purchased uh, last year of the the single family available homes, they now own 40, almost 44% of them in the country. BlackRock does. This is another land grab, but this is bigger because this is taking control forever of our natural lands. It's like we're broke, so they're selling it off to the highest bidder. This vote is January the 2nd, so no one will be paying attention because everyone's busy with Christmas and New Year's, which we get, right? We understand that this is how it usually operates. Same reason why we call Fridays document dump nights. Yeah, document dump nights, because usually a big story will come out on Friday, but no one will talk about it because everybody wants their weekend, okay? They want to enjoy their weekend. So they dump news stories out there that they saved all week on a Friday so that nobody pays attention. This is kind of the same thing. So Russian, Chinese, Saudi, uh, sovereign wealth funds can see a value in locking up U.S. natural resources. Now, in the 2010 Rockefeller report, I reported on this a long time ago, I said in that report they had cordoned off and they were talking about the future and they were using examples of what this looks like in the future for climate change. And they were saying how they had cordoned off bodies of water to make them completely inaccessible and unusable by American citizens. Like you like there was a fence around them and you couldn't even get to them. So if something happened and all those people try to say, go in and get some water, you know, people buy the straws and and ways to clean water. Okay, that you couldn't even get to the body of water because a criminal action would be taken against you and you could be you could be thrown in prison for trying to get near a body of water. So this is so fascinating to me because I've often wondered how they were going to do that. How, how would you do that? You know, if the government owns it, then the government's keeping you from, from that land. But if a Chinese organization comes in or a Saudi organization comes in and they own that body of water now, they can management and exclude you from ever getting near it for the fake cause of climate change. That's how that works. So now it finally makes sense. These NACs are placing a value on the property because it's like, look, we're broke as a country, ready to go bankrupt because we can't keep up with our debt. And so here's a way to appease it. You start selling off pieces of America. And this is set to go through January 2nd. Now, as of yesterday, because state treasurers of all people, not the legislatures, not the Congress, not the Senate, they're not They're not even talking about it. But the treasurers are for some reason, and the treasurers have raised so many alarm bells that now 22 states are trying to take some sort of action, but I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if those actions are actually going to work. Now, it's good to see people trying. That's a positive thing. But let me tell you, this is such scary news that you should notify your congressmen and your senators immediately and start asking them questions about this and ask them why they did not say Anything about this to the people of the states, because most people got notified the beginning of Jan- beginning of November and the be- and the end of October on this. So you're just not hearing from them. And I hate to give you that kind of bummer news going into Christmas, but we're about to to lose our country to vested interests that will now come in and management that won't manage it for the people. Those are our lands. There's no constitutionality about this at all. There is nothing in the Constitution that permits our government from selling off our land to other corporations. Nothing. So we can fight this on a constitutional basis. It's completely unconstitutional. Are we going to? That's the question. Are we going to do it? My state is almost 70% owned by public lands. That could be a very big problem. This is also part of Agenda 30, Agenda 21, where they've been working for a long time to take rural property, rural lands, and um, make sure people are driven into cities. Why? Because this affects private land, too. This affects farming. This affects the food that we eat. We already have a a much, uh, you know, the the amount of farming has gone so far down in this country that I think it's down to like 3% now public farms. A hundred years ago, it was 95%. We are in trouble, folks, because that's our food supply. What in the world are we going to do? I don't know. But you've got to fight this. I know. It's part of my Christmas message. Fight this to save our country. That's how bad it is. I'm going to be right back on the New American Weekly. I'm Kate Daly, your host. Stay with me.
2: Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, self-reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today.
0: Welcome back, hey Daly Show. Make sure and get over to balanceofnature.com. I love these guys. You know why? Because I just really love the product. Um, I only talk about things that I take and that I love. I've taken a lot of products through the years. I have drawers and drawers full of supplements. But truly, I go back to the one that works, and the one that works is Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature has the equivalent of 31 fruits and vegetables in it. So you, I mean... (laughs) Are you eating 31 fruits and vegetables a day? I don't think so. So I, I know you're not because nobody is. And the tomato on your hamburger is just not going to do it, okay? Um, and, the, and the sprig of lettuce. And so please, by all means, get some nutrition because your body reacts totally different when it has nu- nutrition. And that is a that is a big truth. Um, you sleep better. Your hair is better. Your insides are better. Everything's better when you have straight up nutrition. With, chemi- with chemical-free vegetables and fruits, no chemicals. So go to balanceofnature.com, code word is Kate, and you will get 35% off in free shipping. And it is phenomenal. And over the holidays, you get a free fiber and spice drink. And it's so great. It helps, you know, helps with your cravings, sugar cravings, and helps kind of get your body back on balance. It's awesome. Okay, balanceofnature.com, code word is Kate. All right, so listen, um, there's so much I could say about what's going on right now and and the election and like i said get out of the arena for a while start to look at this with new eyes and start to start to see how this has been an ongoing drama and the drama is there to keep your eyes off of what's actually going on in this country what is the one thing that they're afraid of those who actually run the country because we know that king dingling does not run the country okay how what is the one thing they're afraid of the one thing they're afraid of is that you and I will get together and that you and I will solve this. In Germany, in East Germany, when they wanted to rid themselves of communism, what they finally did that worked was the people started going and walking around the churches. Okay, They started walking around the churches because... They knew that the optics of the government shooting them as they were simply just walking around the churches, and thousands of people started joining this crusade of just walking around the churches in this quiet rebellion. Okay, They didn't go into where the government was. They didn't go down into their playing field. They went to all the different churches, and and communities started walking around the churches. And there was a stand-down order for the military to not... Um, go after the people that were doing this And finally it resulted That was kind of the spark And then it resulted in um, East Germany being freed from Communistic rule Okay, So it was the people When we came to this country We did not sit over in Europe And wait for a new king to be installed That, that, that talked You know that talked great And that could save us And that we felt like finally got it And wanted to restore some freedom We didn't wait for that We didn't even desire that because we knew that no matter what, it was going to be occupied by the crowns, okay? Um, So what did we do? We the people got together. We the people came over here. We the people fought a revolution and we the people asked for a lot of miracles from God in order to make that happen because we were up against the biggest army ever, okay? And a lot of things took place for us to be able to construct our own government. The answer's always been in the people. When the people come together and they desire a solution, it's always going to be the people that where it works. Okay? There's a new movie called uh, "Beneath Sheep's Clothing." Beneath Beneath Sheep's Clothing. Movie, and this movie's coming out in January, and it's all about how even the churches are now that the, the Marxist changed their tactics and they started infiltrating the churches. About a hundred uh, years ago, okay, about probably about eighty years ago, they started infiltrating the churches. They started different tactics because the tactics they were using didn't exactly work on a people that desired liberty and that had had already conquered the powers that be to get the government of their of their choice and to get the uh, republic going in this country. So they knew they were going to have to change tactics. So my message to all of you is that. They are scared that we, the people would see that finally, that the presidency doesn't have much legitimacy, no matter who sits in the president's chair in this country now. And this started really got taken over in the sixties with Kissinger running Nixon's government. Okay. But it even happened way before that the president, the installed president started probably about the early 1900s and There were people like Colonel House running the government, okay, behind the scenes, hoping nobody would notice. The role of the presidency, no matter who gets in, the end result, and I can show you proof of history, when we had the House, the Senate, and the presidency in 2017, we did not get rid of socialized medicine. We did not build a wall, okay? None of that happened. Why? We had all the control. Who did we blame? The minority party, (laughs) as if it was legitimately having as much power. Okay. So the end result has always been the loss of Liberty, no matter who's in the white house when Trump and I loved this, when he called out the media, okay, for being the, the liars and deceptors that they are. Um, what did we get? What was the result though? The result was fact checkers. Okay. Ridiculous fact checkers that always get it wrong because why? Because they're the hired hands. Okay. I read an AP article, um, the other day on the radio that was really like, um, painting pictures for you and telling you how to feel about things. And there are journalists out there that think the AP is the actual news source of America, actual news. It's not, it's all propaganda. So it's always going to be the people you're never going to watch mainstream news and hear that you are the answer. (laughs) You're never going to read articles that say you are the answer unless they're written by third-party patriots, that, people that actually love the country. So to constantly get your eyeballs on the presidency means that they want you to look at the presidency as being so influential it'll make or break the country. They don't want you fighting locally. They don't want you in a situation where you are um, looking at any kind of answer any kind of answer at all in the people forming a better union or, or taking their union back or saying, hey, what about the Constitution? It's kind of like the Colorado um, State Supreme Court. I think they did that for a reason. And I think it's a deeper, darker reason in that they had to create legitimacy so that you believe they're willing to go that far and look that stupid in order to say, oh gosh, because whoever gets in that seat, it's going to mean something. I don't think it does. Just like the Congress and just like the senators, they actually are not really doing anything, anything at all in the way of freedom or liberty or restoral of any of that that's been taken from us through the years. And it's only gone in one direction. So doesn't matter who's president. Usually all the same people work in all the same um, positions. The presidency changes hands and it looks to us like one party takes over and the other doesn't. Um, have any power but in actuality once one senator said once and I can't remember the name of the senator and it was oh the parties oh that's for the people we don't have parties in Washington (laughs) there's no parties It's just relationships okay and if you go in understanding that and finally realizing that then that would be the answer they're afraid of the numbers of people Because there's only so many people in the deep state that can run things. There's only so many there. They have to have a lot of minions running things. And they're afraid of the people, just like they were in East Germany. It's always been the answer. So when we're looking at the headlines and we're looking at the drama playing out for the whole next year about the 2024 election... They have the power to install a presidency and then do under that presidency what they want to do, no matter what's said, no matter what's promised, no matter what is what lofty speechwriter writes in their speech. They have the ability to still carry out plans that are going to point to the destruction of our country. Look at this natural asset thing that's going on. OK, that was by design to hit during the holidays. There's no doubt about it. Even the treasurer of Utah said that. The treasurer of Nebraska is speaking out. The treasurer of uh, Idaho is speaking out. They're saying this is the worst thing that could happen to our country. And yet you won't hear a peep about it on mainstream. That's by design. So my message is look, get your eyes out of the arena. Stop looking at the sides, stop looking at the game, stop trying to be a sports commentator. This, this, they did this and then we got to do this and then they're going to do this and the victimization of all those things. We got to get away from that. We truly do because there's so much more at stake right now and the sides aren't going to be the solution and the sides are not really what's destroying us. It's the people behind those sides that are destroying us.
2: The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org and join us in restoring this great nation.
0: Welcome back to the New American Weekly with Kate Daly. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite Christmas stories from John Henry Falk. This one just gets me every time I listen to it every year. And I've had a tradition of making sure that I listen to this one every year.
3: The day after Christmas a number of years ago, I was driving down a country road in Texas. It was a bitter cold, cold morning. And walking ahead of me on the gravel road was a little barefooted boy with nondescript ragged overalls and a makeshift sleeve of a sweater tied around his little ears. I stopped and picked him up. It looked like he's about 12 years old and his little feet were blue with the cold. He's carrying an orange. And he got in and had the brightest blue eyes one ever saw and he turned a bright smile on my face and says, I'm going down the road about two miles from my cousin's. I want to show him my orange old Sandy Claus brought me. Well, I wasn't going to mention Christmas to him because I figured he came from a family that kind of don't have Christmas. But he brought it up himself. He said, did old Sandy Claus come to see you, mister? And I said, yes, we had a real nice Christmas at our house, and I hope you had the same. He paused for a moment, looked at me, and then with all the sincerity in the world said, Mr., we had the wonderfulest Christmas in the United States down to our place. Lordy, it was the first one we ever had had there. See, we never do have them out there much, don't notice when Christmas time comes. We'd hear about it, but never did have one because, uh, well, you know, it just... Papa says that old Sandy Claus, Papa Hoorah's lot, said old Sandy Claus was scared to bring his reindeer down into our section of the county because folks down there are so hard up that they liable to catch one of his reindeer and butcher him for meat. But just, just several days before Christmas, a lady come out from town and she told all the families through there, our family too, that there was old sandy claus was coming town to leave some things for us and if papa would go in town he could get some christmas time for all of us papa hooked up the mule wagon. he went in town but he told us children said now don't y'all get all worked up and excited because there might not be nothing to this yarn that lady told and, but she, she hadn't got out of sight up the lane there. So we was done watching for him to come back. And we couldn't get our minds on nothing else, you know. And Mama, she'd come to her once in a while and say, Now y'all quit that looking up the lane because Papa told you there might not be nothing. And, but long about the middle of the afternoon, well, we heard. the Team of jangling the harness a comin', and we ran out in the front yard. And Ernie, my little brother, called out, said, "Yonder come, Papa! Here come them mules, just in a big trot, you know." And Papa standin' up right in the bed of that wagon, holdin' two big old chickens, all feathers picked off, and. He was just yelling, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And the team stopped right in front of the gate, and all us children just went swarming out there like a like a flock of chee cheese, you know, and just crawling over that wagon in and looking in. And, Mr., I wish you could have seen what was in that wagon. It's bags of striped candy and apples and oranges and sacks of flour and some real coffee, you know, and just... Just all tensely and pretty, and we couldn't say nothing. Just kind of held our breath and looked at it, you know. And Papa standing there just waving them two chickens and yelling, "Merry Christmas to you! Merry Christmas to you!" And a laughing that big old grin on his face. And Mama she come a hurrying out with the baby in her arms, you know. And when she looked in that wagon, she just stopped. And then, Papa he dropped them two chickens and wretched and caught the baby out of her arms, you know. And held him up and said, Merry Christmas to you, Sandy Claus <laughs> and, and, and baby little old Alvy Lee. He just he just laughed like he knowed it was Christmas too, you know. And Mama, she started telling us the name all of them nuts. It wasn't just peanuts. They was She had names for all of them. She, Mama knows a heap of things like that. She'd seen that stuff before, you know, and we was all of us just a chattering and a going on at the same time. Us youngins are looking in there. And all of a sudden, we heard Papa call out, Merry Christmas to you, Sam Jackson. And we stopped and looked, and here comes Sam Jackson leading that old cripple-leg mule of up the lane. And Papa said, Sam Jackson, did you get in town and get some Christmas this year? Sam Jackson, you know, he share crops over there across the creek from our place. And he shook his head and said, well, no, sir, Mr. Will. I didn't go in town. I heard about that, but I didn't know it was for colored folks, too. I thought it was just for you white families. All of a sudden, none of us children were saying nothing. Papa, he he looked down at Mama. Mama looked up at him, and they didn't say nothing like they don't a heap of times, but they know what the others are thinking. They're like that, you know. And, all of a sudden, Papa, he broke out in a big grin again. He said, Dad, blame it, Sam Jackson. It's sure a good thing you come by here. Lord have mercy. I like to forgot old Sandy Claus would have me in court if he'd heard about this. The last thing he asked me if I lived out here near you said he hadn't seen you around and said he wanted me to bring part of this out here to you and your family your woman and your children." Well, sir, Sam Jackson, he broke out in a big grin. and Papa said, i tell you what to do. You get your wife and children and you come down here tomorrow morning, it's gonna be Christmas time all day long. Come early and stay late. And Sam Jackson said, you reckon? And mama called out to him and said, yes, and you tell your wife to be sure and bring some pots and pans because we're gonna have a heap of cooking to do and I ain't sure I've got enough to take care of all of you. Well, sir, old Sam Jackson, he started off uh, leading that mule up the lane in a full trot, you know. And he was heading home to get the word to his folks and his children, you know. And next morning, it just, you remember how it was yesterday morning? Just rosy red and looked like Christmas time. It was cold, but you didn't notice the cold, you know, and the sun just come up, just all rosy red. And us young'uns were all out of bed before daylight, seemed like, just running in the kitchen and smelling and looking. And it's all there, sure enough. And here comes Sam Jackson and his his team and his wife and his five youngins in there. And it's all looking over the edge. And we run out and yell, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And Papa said, Christmas gift to you, Sam Jackson. Y'all come on in. And they come in and Mama and Sister Jackson, they got in the kitchen and they started cooking things up. And us youngins started playing Christmas time. And it's a lot of fun, you know. We just play Christmas gift with one another and run around and around the house and just roll in the dirt, you know. And then we started playing, go up to the kitchen door and smell. And we'd run up and smell inside that kitchen door where Mom and Sister Jackson was cooking at. And then we'd just die laughing and roll in the dirt, you know, <laughs> and, and go chasing around and playing Christmas gift. And we played Christmas time till we just wore ourselves out. And Papa and Sam Jackson, they'd put a table up and put some sheets over it, some boards up over some sawhorses. And everybody had a place, even the baby. And Mom and Sister Jackson said, well, now it's ready to come on in. We're going to have Christmas dinner. And I sit right next to Willie Jackson, you know, and he'd just roll his eyes at me, and I'd roll mine, and we'd just die laughing, you know, and there was an apple and an orange and some stripedy candy at everybody's place, and that was just dessert, see, that wasn't a real Christmas. Then Mama and them had done cooked that up, and they just had it spread up and down the table. And so Papa and Sam Jackson, they'd been sitting on the front porch, and they come in. Papa, he sit at one end of the table, and... Sam Jackson sat other, and it was just a beautiful table like you never had seen. And I didn't know nothing could ever look like that and smell that good, you know. And Sam Jackson, you know, he's real black, and he had on that white, clean shirt of his and in them overhauls. Everything had been washed and was real clean. Papa, he said, Brother Jackson, I believe you're a deacon in the church. I ain't much of a church man myself, but I believe you're a deacon. Maybe you, you'd be willing to give grace. Sam Jackson, he stood up there, and his hands was real big, and he kind of held on to the side of table, you know. But he didn't bow his head like a heap of folks do when they're saying blessing. He just looked up and smiled, and he said, Lord, I hope you're having as nice a Christmas up there with your angels as we have it down here, (laughs) because it's glorious Christmas time down here. And I just wanted to say, Merry Christmas to you, Lord. Like I say, mister, I believe that was a wonderful Christmas in the United States of America.
0: Isn't that great? John Henry Falk, 1974, and uh, one of my favorite all-time Christmas stories. The message is that we are not a racist country. We've always been a melting pot. You might see tiny little pockets of that because we're a, a free people that can think freely, right? And you might see... Sometimes you'll see something like that, but for the whole, for the most part, we're a pretty good people. You could go in any town in America and find some really good folks that are like that that are willing to share a Christmas dinner with each other, regardless of race, regardless of of religion, regardless of ideology there and I love celebrating Christmas. I truly do There's something very special about this day, and it gives me a lot of hope for all the research I do, for all the news I have to report. I have big, big hopes in people and in. Uh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas for the message. Thanks for tuning in. The New American Weekly with Kate Daly.